Welcome to 3-Minute Ministry Mentor. I am your host, Eileen Campbell-Reed. In Season 5, we are excited to bring you interviews and conversations to inform and inspire your practice of ministry and nurture your pastoral imagination. Hello, friends. I wrote this episode some weeks ago. But I decided it was time to release it as a podcast because we have yet again another story in the news of a man in his 50s dying unexpectedly after struggling with addiction. And it seemed like a very important time to revisit this particular issue, which is about how women thrive in ministry. It's a second part of a series, and while it might not immediately seem connected, I hope that uh, what I've had to say about this will connect with you in our conversation this week. I began answering the question of how women thrive in ministry because I was inspired uh, to respond to this question from something said by Baptist Women in Ministry Executive Director Reverend Dr. Meredith Stone. She asked at the summer's 40th anniversary of BWIM, Baptist Women in Ministry, if we imagine a world where women in ministry thrive, what would it look like? How would it be different than the world right now? I asked a similar question five years ago in an article entitled No Joke, Resisting the Culture of disbelief that keeps clergy women pushing uphill. You can get a copy of that article from a link in this podcast. How do women thrive in ministry vocations that are still undermined or treated as a joke in so many parts of the church? That was the question in my article, which came out five years ago. So as a response to Dr. Meredith Stone and a further response to my own questions, I stated five one-sentence future stories. I wrote them in the present tense as if they had already come to pass, and I elaborated on the first two in an earlier podcast. The first sentence was, women thrive in ministry because churches pay equitably. And the second point Women thrive in ministry because leadership is collaborative. Here are the other three one-sentence future stories that I wrote. Women thrive in ministry when men focus on care for themselves and all people. Women thrive in ministry because we are not so angry all the time. Women thrive in ministry because child well-being is normative, expected, and funded. So today I want to pick up on that third future story. Women thrive in ministry when men focus on care for themselves and all people. In far too many settings, women remain subject to unwritten expectations that they care for the emotional and spiritual well-being of everyone else in their lives. For women in ministry, this equates to an overload of spiritual and emotional labor extending across work and personal relationships. It's one thing to give or teach pastoral care all day, 
to also come home to tasks like calming everyone else's anxiety, organizing the family calendar, listening to each person's troubles, and refereeing family disagreements can feel like a never-ending pile of needs that clergywomen face. It gives way to emotional and spiritual exhaustion. Same gender and queer couples can also find themselves dividing labors, either deliberately or unintentionally, and leaving one partner to bear a bigger and more demanding load of emotional work. When one partner is carrying the load of both the emotional well-being and the spiritual well-being of a faith community and an extra large load of emotional and spiritual labor in marriage and family, the results can include not only exhaustion, but also depression, burnout, and many other related symptoms. These clergy are not only left to expend enormous amounts of energy caring for others, they are also feeling alone in needing to care for themselves. To manage all this emotional labor, women often lean on friendships, therapy, spiritual direction, mental and physical health care, and various kinds of support outside family and work. A sense of reciprocity and mutual care is missing for these clergywomen who are together in this boat, yet feeling awfully isolated as they navigate. What needs to change? One big cultural shift that would significantly change this dynamic or emotional labor at work and at home for women in ministry and also for queer people in ministry is men taking more ownership for their emotional lives by seeking friendship, therapy, health care, and many other kinds of support for themselves. Men shifting to take care of themselves and others can dramatically contribute to women's thriving. When men take more responsibility and care for their own emotional, relational, and spiritual well-being, they thrive more themselves. They lighten the load on the women in their lives. When men take more spiritual care of themselves, they expand their capacity to support their marriages, their work relationships, and their partnering as parents. In a world where women thrive in ministry, the men in their lives are listening not feeling threatened, and far less defensive. Men reject the messages and values of U.S. American culture to always be male means to be powerful and self-sufficient and invulnerable. These are lies. Men and all of us need to stop believing in those self-destructive messages. Men are not necessarily thriving right now either. They are succeeding and they are earning more, and they continue advancing their careers. Men are still venerated by the culture in every way. But I personally know five men in their 50s since COVID began who died by suicide. Two more who died suddenly of cardiac or unexplained reasons, and others who are struggling with mental and physical health care after years of neglecting those aspects of their lives. And so part of me really wants to just put up billboards that say, hey, 50-something men, take care of your health and your spiritual well-being. Go to therapy. Get a new doctor. Get any doctor. Talk to your friends. 
Women in ministry can't thrive if they're burying their parishioners and fellow men in ministry after suicide. Women don't thrive when they are consumed by the emotional care that comes afterward for the people who survive, when their own grief gets eclipsed. To be sure, death is inevitable and grief work will always be part of ministry. But what if we focused on what it means to have a good death? one that follows after a good life. In the future where queer people and women who are called to ministry thrive in their work instead of being perpetually responsible for the well-being of men, there is mutual holistic care between colleagues, with church members in families and the whole community of faith. This means ending the culture of toxic masculinity. By asking men to take more responsibility for their own well-being, I'm not suggesting they take over or take charge of others. I'm asking that they take responsibility for themselves and their emotional and spiritual well-being. And I'm suggesting they give thoughtful attention to that rather than displace their needs onto their wives and co-workers and then blame those partners in their lives when things are not going well. We can learn a lot on this future story from our lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer siblings. Because the culture is so hostile to them at every turn, and particularly the church, to thrive in it is absolutely, it is absolutely essential that they attend to their own self-care and well-being and recruit others to help them in it. Yet the situation is also a double bind for them. As a woman in ministry, I long for the day in ministry when everyone can operate in a way that is more vulnerable, open, and relational. Yet the dominant culture says these values are weak. They're for followers, the ineffective, the helpless people, the needy. So when cisgender and heterosexual women or queer people try to live into this vulnerability as a meaningful way of living in the world and doing ministry, they are likely, we are likely to be judged harshly by the dominant culture as unable or unprepared or inadequate for doing the work, any work, including ministry. This means we need to undo the double binds for women. Presently, this is one of scores of double binds for women in ministry. We are expected to care for men and children in our lives, yet we are not expected ourselves to be vulnerable or needy or to receive from those people in our lives. There is a third squeeze on this already tight double bind. Large sectors of the church still fail to recognize the full and beloved humanity of women and queer people. Until that changes, thriving in ministry will continue to be elusive. The inequality and oppression of some impacts all of us. The larger reality of inequality among Baptist, Evangelical, Catholic, and other church cultures is built on inequality. 
and it hurts thriving, even in denominations and churches where the culture has shifted toward equality for all people. Women and queer people can become our mentors in how to make and sustain a better world. When men are more stable and secure emotionally and spiritually, they are more ready to share power and leadership without feeling threatened. They're more ready to receive feedback and to collaborate with a wider variety of leaders. In the future where women and LGBTIQA people thrive in ministry, men care for their well-being and they support the care and the well-being and the leadership of everyone, not just themselves. Thank you for listening to 3-Minute Ministry Mentor. For more podcasts, weekly episodes, videos, and blogs, please visit us at 3mmm.us forward slash welcome. I am your host, Eileen Campbell-Reed, and I believe what you are doing matters. Let us know how we can support you.